Good morning. I'm really privileged to be with you, and I traveled almost 11 hours to come here from Indiana. We uh, traveled all around to see your uh, state because uh, it's a unique uh, opportunity for me to see part of America. Uh, uh, Delcina London is with me. She is uh, almost a kind of missionary because she lives with us and serves with us for many years now in Serbia. She's 69. So that I'm saying this just because if you think you cannot do something, compare with her and you are going to be able to do everything. So I really bring you gr uh, greetings from our small church. It's 50 members church north of Serbia where we live and also the greetings and love from our, our family. Uh, I hope you will understand my English. English is my third language and I, I'm still learning how to speak better. Uh, and this is the First time, really, uh, in your church that I can uh, share the God's word with you, which is very complicated when you uh, still think in Serbian and try to uh, say everything in English. Um, I would like to share a few gifts with you because Pastor Matt just said he, he spent his uh, T-shirt that was uh, made here, actually, and I still have this one because I received it from your group being with us. Uh, I brought a few more uh, t-shirts, and before I start to t talk a little bit more about what we are doing and what God is doing through us in Serbia, I would like to challenge you to think a little bit about Serbia and to give me some answers, those who know a little bit about Serbia, and I will give them a present. Maybe the present is not going to fit your size because uh, we are working with kids and teenagers. They are smaller, and these are their sizes, and we always have more t-shirts every year than we need. So uh, I brought a few of these t-shirts to share with you. So can you tell me uh, where is Serbia? Okay, Eastern Europe, okay. On the Balkan Peninsula, this is much better answer. Okay, I will accept this answer, okay. <laughs> Here's when, uh, come and, and bring, uh, take, take your t-shirt. Okay, um, Serbia is not Siberia. Some people ask me, Do you, are, you still, are you still with Russia? No, Serbia never has been with Russia. Serbia is not Syria. You know, many refugees, I will talk a little bit about that, were uh, escaping Syria where there is a war for seven years now and half of the country left already. They all went through many countries, including Serbia, to go to Western countries like uh, Germany, UK, France, and Spain and other countries. So Serbia is not Syria. Serbia is a small country in Balkan Peninsula. Can you say one country that has a border with Serbia? No. Serbia has been part of Yugoslavia, a bigger country, for many years, for a century almost. And then divided with the war like 27 years ago. Now it's an independent country. Croatia, yes. Croatia is one of the countries that we board. They have a border. Okay, what is the language in Serbia? Serbian. Of course, Serbian. Okay, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> okay, here, the language. Uh, you already heard the population. I would uh, challenge you to think how many Christians in percentage, how many Christians, born-again Christians, live in Serbia? One, less than 1%. Less, you, you, you were close. Less than 1%. 
there are so many places in Serbia that, where there is no any church. Serbia has been a communist country, actually Yugoslavia has been a communist country, and I grew up as a, as a uh, pioneer, we call them pioneers, we had a blue uh, hat and red uh, whatever on our, on our shoulders, and uh, we were learning a lot uh, from the communist teachers. One of the things was that there is no God. Whole generations uh, learned that there is no God, and I was always amazed when I saw your money uh, and down or, or up, it's written, in God we trust. And that was my wish, to have Serbian money with this same uh, sentence, you know, in God we trust. But for many years it was forbidden for Serbians to believe. It was forbidden to speak about God outside of the church. It was forbidden and nobody would even dream that it's possible to go in the public school and talk about God. And uh, by God's grace, really, this is only God's grace, now we are, as a, as a word of life, we are present in the public schools and we teach kids about God. I remember when I was small, I'm fifth generation of born-again pe people in our family, and uh, I remember when my parents were talking about American schools and they said, oh, you know, if you would go to America, they can talk about God and teach kids about God in their schools. I know that that's not anymore possible in the States. And I know that when God opened the door for us to be in the public schools, this is temporary. It's not going to be always like this. So as Jesus told us, we need to work when there is day, because it's going to be night. It's going, the door will be closed. So we are uh, currently serving in the public schools. With a, we call it English summer camp. We try to teach our kids English because this is now our attraction to the kids. Every parent in Serbia would like their kids to speak English because they understand if you can speak English, you can travel everywhere and communicate with everybody. So our kids are learning English from the first grade in the school, but it's not enough. When you have uh, only two classes per week and you have 30 students in a class, it's impossible to learn English. So we offer... Uh, free English teaching on our camps, but we also teach them from the Bible. And we say to the parents, okay, we are going to teach them from the Bible. We are going to pray on this camp. And some of the parents say, okay, then I don't want my child to be there. But some parents, most of them say, yes, th that's not a problem. So we are teaching the kids for the first time some, some things from the Bible. For the first time, we challenge them to respond and to decide to follow Christ to repent of their sins, to ask for forgiveness, and to live differently. It's not easy. We have always opposition. Some people would like to kick us out of the school because they uh, think they are, we, we are very dangerous for the kids. But uh, by God's grace, we continue to serve with the kids, and we continue to serve the kids after the camp. We started uh, Bible clubs for the teenagers and kids. Right now we have three Bible clubs and one kids club. We started them in the public schools because God, again, opened the door for us. And for many months we were there, but then uh, the winter came and the, the school was cold, so we were thinking what to do. And uh, one idea always was in our head and hearts to move these kids to the church, local church. But we were afraid what's, uh, what's going to be reaction? How will uh, parents react? Will parents allow kids to go to the local church? Because uh, all churches except Orthodox church, like a Russian church, are, uh, uh, are called uh, sects or, or cults. 
So when we say we will bring the kids to the Baptist church or Brethren church, which is close to us, they would say, no, 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 this is kind of strange church. Don't go there. So we were praying about this, and then we made a transition. We asked kids to come to the church, and we were all praying what is going to do, what God is going to do. Guess what? All the kids came to the church. Those were only our prejudice that kids are not going to come to the church. Can you imagine some small church that has only old people now having 10 or 15 teenagers in their school, in their church? Can you imagine how uh, joyful they are, how thankful they are? Most of them came to help us on that club. Most of them brought the, brought the, the cakes for us and, and something sweet for the kids because they were so excited. Finally, we have some teenagers in our church. Uh, we also do uh, all kinds of conferences. Uh, uh, last year, we started with the first, uh, very first uh, Reformation conference. Uh, many of you will uh, know that this year is a 500 years of Reformation. The 500 years from the time when Mar- Martin Luther uh, hanged the, the 95 theses on, on, on this church. And uh, uh, we see this as a very, very necessary thing to teach people th- those Reformation uh, basics teachings that the reformers believed because right now we are fighting a very serious uh, battle against charismatics in our country. Charismatics in our country don't evangelize. They steal our members from our churches and they offer them cheap salvation. They offer them that uh, actually their faith is not enough. They have to be baptized in the spirit. They have to talk in tongues. They have to uh, have some other healing gifts and stuff like this to be uh, saved. And many people went out of the churches because uh, most of our churches don't have pastor. I'm telling you this because I would like to challenge you to pray for your pastor and his family. This is the most important for you as as a church to have a healthy, spiritually and physically healthy pastor. We don't have pastors. Uh, uh, theology in our churches are, uh, are, is very shallow because our churches are led by uh, elders who are ordinary men. Some of them are farmers. Some of them are working in the factories. And then on Sunday they are preaching. They are not theologically educated. So we are desperate to have more educated pastors, missionaries, and workers in any, any uh, direction, spiritual direction. So um, another thing that... Uh, um, we are doing um, uh, is a, a winter camp. Uh, we started this three years ago in our church because some of these kids that have been as a teenagers on our camps trusted the Lord and they didn't, don't have their own church in their town. So in, we invited them to come to our church, which is on the north. They had to travel. It's only three days camp in the winter, but we really study from the morning to the evening with them. You would be surprised to see 14 or 15 years old teenagers having their Bibles and notes and writing almost every word that we are teaching them because they are hungry. They don't have a word of God in their town. You could travel many miles in Serbia and not find any church. I'm always amazed when I'm in the States. Almost everywhere we go, uh, we see the church. When we traveled yesterday, we, we missed some I missed some uh, ex- exits, so, so we were driving all around somehow. I saw many churches, and I was making fun, and I said to Delcina, we call her grandma. All the kids call her, uh, call her grandma on our camps. And I said, grandma, 
if we don't arrive to Lance Evangelical Church, we can stop anywhere. If it's a middle night, I am going to preach there, you know. So, um, <clears throat> um, there, are, there is also one more uh, thing that uh, we started last year, and this is uh, in the middle of the summer camp, we make a break in the evening and we invite parents whose kids are on the camp to come to our camp and we show them what we are doing on the camp and we share our testimonies and, our, uh, and the gospel with them. And many of them received their New Testaments for the first time in their lives. Not all of them came to the camp, but most of them came and we were able to share the gospel with them. Uh, also, last year we printed our first quiet time diary for the kids 7 to 10 years old and 11 to 14. You know, in Serbia there is no such a thing like a ch- child, a children Bible or women Bible or women devotional or whatever like this. No, there is not, nothing like this. Uh, this is the first quiet time diary for this, this age kids uh, adjusted to them with the many pictures that they can color, many crosswords and stuff like this, and a short story from the Bible and few ans- uh, questions that ha- they have to answer. This is really, really interesting for them, and we usually give, the, give those uh, quiet time diaries to the kids that made a decision for Christ on our camps. Because we cannot go uh, on the places where they live, we cannot go to uh, their homes to teach them, and many of them don't go to church. So. This is going to keep them on the track to continue to uh, read the Bible and to continue to think and study a little bit, as much as they can uh, in that age. Uh, did I forget something? Okay. The most important uh, pr- uh, project, you probably have seen the table there in the hall with our, all our pictures. If you go, when you go home, just stop a little bit, take uh, our prayer card, put it on the fridge somewhere, and pray for us from, from time to time when you remember us. We will really appreciate this. There is one more project that we are doing, and the, the flyer looks like this. If you open it, there is one house inside. Uh, this is the house we want to buy and, uh, as a first World of Life Serbia property in Serbia. We don't have a property, so all our camps are in uh, uh, public schools, and the headquarters, the offices of World of Life are in our bedroom for the ten years, last 10 years. You can imagine having a big bed, in your bedroom, and all the printers and books and copy machine is there and tables and everything. We go like a, to the labyrinth to go to sleep, you know. Uh, so uh, this, this place is going to be a place where we can uh, have a, uh, meetings with uh, uh, our staff and pray together, study the Bible together. Also to have Bible clubs with the kids, uh, uh, also the camps. And we can also have uh, offices and the, play, the rooms upstairs uh, for uh, volunteers, because volunteers, when they come to serve with us, they usually sleep in our home or the Sina's home or some other homes. So we want them in one place where they can sleep when they serve with us, where they can take a shower and rest a little bit during the night and be fresh for tomorrow because we have like five, sometimes six weeks of camps. I don't know how many weeks of camps we have. We had uh, five years ago when, when the group from your church was with us. But right now we have... a. Uh, three uh, teenage camps and three kids' camps uh, on the summer. <clears throat> so please take this, read it through. There is a good testimony on the back uh, of one girl who came to our camp, and uh, she's a teenager. She trusted the Lord, and her life completely changed. Uh, maybe you will uh, be one of our partners in this project. 
we are looking for uh, $80,000 to raise until September 1, Lord willing. Pray for this. Even if you cannot give, you can pray. Everyone can pray. Don't tell me that you don't have time. I, I saw s so many busy people in the States. Uh, life in Serbia is slower than here. But please, make a time to pray for this. This is very important. This is probably one of the first lights in the spiritual dark in Serbia. And you can be part of this, and you can be a partner and rewarded the same way we are rewarded. Blessed in our lives, and uh, uh, wait for a reward on the heaven too. Uh, okay, there is also uh, one uh, list where you can uh, write your name and uh, uh, email address if you would like to be informed about what God is doing in our lives. Okay, I heard a story <clears throat> about three men who were talking about death. You know, as we are uh, getting older and older, we became uh, more aware that we are older and we are very soon going to meet with our Creator. And three guys were talking about uh, what would they like that somebody would say beside their coffin when they are dead. And one would say... <clears throat> Okay, I would like them to say, he was good father and faithful husband. Another guy said, I would like them to say, he was a good man toward others. The third guy said, I would like them to say, he was, uh, hey, he's still alive, look, he's moving. <laughs> Everyone likes to live. Do you agree with me? Everyone. Uh, even the animals like to live. Try to kill some animal or something. If you have possibly rats somewhere or mouse in the house, try to kill him. He runs all around. He wants to live. If you don't believe that everyone has, uh, wants to live, go to hospital. Three years ago when I visited your church, it was just a month and a half after I uh, had a tumor surgery. And I've been there in that hospital seeing people full of ho hole full of people. They were staying like a sardines, you know, waiting that somebody will help them to continue to live. Everyone wants to live. And this is something that God created in our lives, in our hearts. We want to live. We are uh, thirsty for life. If, we, if it's possible, we would like to live forever. Even the unbelievers would like to live forever. Many people say, I don't need a God, but I would like to live forever. I would like to at least live a couple of hundred years here. Can you imagine in this problematic, horrible world, they would like to live forever? I would not. I like to live, but not in this world. This is not our homeland. We are waiting for something better, much, much, much better than this life in which we are now. So I would like you to open your Bibles in First Peter, and we will read uh, in the first chapter, verses 3 to 9. First Peter, chapter 1. And verses 3 to 9. <clears throat> Let's stand up when we read the God's word. In, Ser in Serbia, we usually stand up when we read the God's word. So it's a First Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, 
kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with the joy that is unexpressible and filled with the glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. Have a seat. What is the different difference between Christianity and Islam? I saw the video that shows uh, that statistically, if the things will happen like today and the last few decades, between 25 years and 50 years from now, many countries in the world, including Europe, are going to be different. Traditionally, Catholic countries are going to be Muslim countries. The same happened already in the south of Serbia, on the place called Kosovo, which is now not part of Serbia anymore. It's a new Muslim country called Kosovo. Uh, 60, 70 years ago, uh, Muslims were just 10% of population. But during 60, 70 years, they had several wives and 15 to 20 kids who were supported by a local government because they were poor. And after 60 years, yeah, in the same, same time, Serbians, Orthodox people, have only one or two kids. After 60 years, Muslims were 90% of population, and non-Muslims were only 10%. What is the difference between uh, uh, Islam and Christianity? What is the difference between uh, Buddhism and Christianity? There is no religion like Christianity that has a live savior. He resurrected. He's alive. If he would just die after he was crucified, nothing would happen. Nothing would matter. The Bible says we would still be in our sins. We would not be saved. His resurrection gave us so many things. The greatest blessing of resurrection of Christ for us is heaven. We don't have some uh, unclear picture of heaven because God explained to us about heaven in the God word. We don't need the dreams. We don't need the visions to be able to see the heaven. We just need to read the Bible. The Bible is full of pictures that describes, describe us what the heaven is. It is timeless place of fellowship with God forever. Heaven is also um, God's residence. He reigns from his throne from heaven. When we say that he reigns, that means that nothing can come out of his control. Nothing. Big things and small things are uh, in his control. If you don't believe this, open the book of Job and start to read about his life. There is written, and we can see that God controlled everything. Even the worst thing that we are afraid of, even the nightmares that we have in our lives, even the, the, the uh, horrible things that we have to face, are under his control. 
Satan is not equal with God. So many times, my kids, when they were small, they show me the pictures on the internet where Satan is playing chess or something like with, with God, you know. The world and the Satan wants to present himself as equal with God, but he is not equal. He's just a servant. He is small, and God can move him where he wants. I have another picture. If God plays chess, then Satan is just one figure. He moves the Satan as he wants. Satan cannot do anything to us if God didn't uh, let him do. God is control of everything. This is very important for us to remember when the hard time, times came, come into our lives. We all have hard times from time to time. These are the times when God allows us to be in the hard times so that he can uh, uh, change us, that he can make, a, make us difference make us into a better person. We all want to escape those times. We, are, we would not uh, uh, like to be in those places and those times, but God wants us to be there. But even then, God is still in control. And guess what? God didn't plan for us to live on this earth forever. He always wanted us to live with him, always. And because of that, because God is love, he made a way for all mankind to be able to live for him, with him forever. Somebody may, may ask why the Lord didn't put man directly in the heaven. He could this. He created angels before man and put them on the heaven to serve him. He created seraphims and um, uh, uh, other, other creatures in the heaven, and they are still in the heaven serving him. Why he didn't create us and put us in heaven? Because he wanted us to, hear, to, to be able to choose to follow him. He wanted us so that we can uh, see that we are dependent on him. We need him in every step of our lives. We need him in our uh, hard times and good times. We need him everywhere. Every Our breath depends on him. Everything that we face depends on him. He wanted us to live with him, but he wanted us to want to be with him. If you read the Old Testament, you can see that uh, uh, Israel, people of Israel have been in uh, uh, Egyptian uh, captivity for uh, more than 400 years. And the hard was, uh, life was hard there. They were slaves. And we were asking ourselves, why would God allow that to happen to his people? I mean, they, they didn't deserve to be there. They were just born there and they lived for four centuries there. Why would he allow them this, this to, to happen to them? They killed their sons, they, they pushed them to work hard jobs, they didn't pay them, they didn't have a freedom and stuff like this. It is because God wanted his people to wish to live in the promised land. It's the same applies to us. Sometimes he allows us to be in hard situations in our lives so that we will wish to live in heaven. So we will not uh, focus on this earth and this life because there is something much better that is in front of us. We can choose to believe or not to believe. We can choose to follow what Jesus says and do or not to follow. We can choose to have a relationship with Jesus or not to have. Uh, God gave us this right. He will uh, invite us if we want to come with him, and he will let us go by ourselves if we want to live without him. That's going to break his heart, but he will let us be destroyed in the hell forever.
Where is heaven located? Jesus told us that he is preparing a special place for those who love him. It is new heaven and new earth. It's completely different than uh, Jehovah Witnesses are teaching now. I don't know, do you have this experience that Jehovah Witnesses would knock on your door and they start to talk about the heaven being on the earth? That's completely false. Jesus is preparing something completely new. New heaven, new earth. Our earth is going to be destroyed. And those that don't believe in Christ, they, those that don't obey his words, are going to be destroyed too. So don't focus on this world too much. Turn your head and focus to heaven. Look for the things that God is preparing for you. The word of God is telling us on uh, many passages about heaven because the Lord wants us to know as much as we can about the heaven. Do you know why? Why we should know more about heaven? I don't know, this, uh, this, did the group that visited Serbia was searching on the internet about Serbia before they left the States. I would do this. I always, when I have to travel somewhere where I was not uh, before, I, I try to see what is the weather there, you know. Right now, in March 3, when I arrived, we had about 75 degrees, and here was the snow in the States. I was frozen. I didn't took my coat, you know. I thought, thought maybe it's not that much cold, you know. Uh, if you would like to move to some country like Delcina moved three years ago and she lives now in Serbia with us, you would for sure uh, like to know much more about the country. What is the language? What is the income? What is the health insurance? What is the economy? Is there a war or not? Some people told her, don't go there. You know they are killing people in Syria? Yes, they are. But this is not Sy Syria. It's uh, Serbia, you know. Or some people would say, don't go there. There is very cold. It's... Uh, Minus 70 or something, you know, in si Siberia. Yes, there is minus 70, but I, I'm not going to Siberia. I go to Serbia. We need to know as much as we can about the heaven. And as much as we will uh, discover things, new things about heaven, we will love the Lord the more because we will know that he, he has chosen us between all the uh, people on this earth, and he didn't have to do this. We didn't deserve his choice. We didn't do anything to be chosen. He chose us between all the sinners, all, all equal sinners, sinners, because if you commit one sin or ten sins, it's the same, because the wages of sins are death. He chose you to be with him forever. Isn't that greatest blessing that you can have? He could leave you to go to hell. He could say, okay, I will look for some other people and will leave you to go to hell. Heaven is an unbelievable place. We even cannot comprehend what is going to be in heaven. But the, you know what? Hell is also a horrible place that we cannot comprehend. We, have an, we, we cannot have a full picture of a uh, horrible uh, condition that is in hell. And it is for all eternity. It's not for 10 years. It's not for half of the lives. It's forever. There is no such a thing like a repentance in hell. Nobody can help those that are going to be in hell. There is no something like step out of the hell. It's for all eternity. And that's why we have to be very, very careful. Heaven is a residence of those who love the Lord, who obey the, his commands and serve him with all their hearts. When you trust alone in Christ's sacrifice on the cross, if when you, when you repent of your sins, 
you become a citizen of heaven. Every time when I speak with my friends and I said, look, next four weeks I'm not going to be in the country, they ask, where do you travel? And I said, I, I'm going to travel to States. And you know what Serbians say? Ah. They have a prejudice about Americans. They think everybody in America is very rich and everybody is healthy. And uh, you know, you smile on all your pictures. We don't do this in Serbia. I had to learn to smile on the pictures. Can you imagine this? You are smiling on your old pictures. All the pictures we are sharing to, uh, showing to our friends, people of the, in the States are smiling. They, you can see their teeth, you know. We don't show our teeth sometimes <laughs> in Serbia. So everybody would like to come to America, and everybody would like to be a, a citizen of America. But even more, we would uh, need to be... Uh, willing to be a citizens of heaven. Because America is going to be destroyed, Serbia is going to be destroyed, all other countries are going to be destroyed. It's just a question of time. And Jesus could come today, and this destruction could start today. Because when Jesus comes here in uh, Thessalonians 1st and 2nd, we are reading about that. When Jesus comes here, he will be in the, in the um, uh, clouds. Yeah, thank you. And he will call those that believe in him to heaven. He's not going to be on the earth. He will wait for us on the clouds. This is going to be his coming, first coming. And then when the, the, the uh, Christians and the kids are going to go, it's going to be chaos on this earth. And in the next few years, the, the, the earth is going to be destroyed. We would like and we would need to be interested more to be a citizens of heaven. Heaven is so wonderful because God is there. That's why fellowship with Jesus is so important and it's a taste of heaven. I don't know, do you have a fellowship with the living God? I found, I've been pastor for 15 years before I started to serve with World of Life and I found so many people not having a fellowship with Jesus. They have a fellowship with their church, which is good. They have a fellowship with their pastor, which is also good. They have a fellowship with other Christians, which is also good. But if you don't have, have a fellowship with the living Jesus, you missed everything. You missed the most important thing because your friend Christian or pastor or church cannot help you to go to heaven. You, have, you need fellowship with living Jesus. And in this fellowship, Jesus is doing something that uh, we call sanctification. He's changing us. He sees the picture that we lost in the uh, Garden of e uh, Eden when uh, Adam and Eve sinned. You know, first, first people were created on the image of God. And they were really on the image of God until they sinned. When they sinned, everything was destroyed. The image of God in man was destroyed. You, you could see the differences uh, on the earth that, that started after Adam and Eve sinned. The animals were not any, any more friendly. friendly. Uh, man became a dinner for the lion, for example. Um, animals were killing itself. Adam was accusing Eve. Eve was accusing Adam and, and others. Adam was accusing even God for creating Eve and stuff like this. We lost the image of God. And you know what? I was thinking this morning, actually yesterday evening, 
when Jesus died on the cross, he died so that we will uh, be able to rebuild the image in God in ourselves. So that God can rebuild this image of God in our lives. When we see Jesus suffering on the cross, when we see how he suffered, when we see that he was uh, alone because his father turned the face of him, we can see what condition we were because of our sin. He was in that condition because of our sin, not because of his. But we were in the same condition. This is our spiritual condition without Jesus, without fellowship with the living Jesus. We are completely destroyed. And this, in this process, in the fellowship with Jesus, Jesus is changing us. He is modeling us. He uh, takes off us everything that is wrong, step by step. Everything that is uh, evil, everything that is bad. And he is modeling us into his image, adding some stuff that, that only God can do in our lives. Scientists have tried to measure the space, which is ever expanded, expanding. And the amazing thing is that it doesn't matter how space is big. It doesn't matter how, how far is the heaven where God rules from. He still can hear our prayers. Uh, just two weeks ago, I've been in Chicago for the first time in my life. And I met there a friend of mine whom I didn't see for three decades. He was a refugee once from Romania. They had kind of crazy dictator there, so they were flu- uh, escaping the Romania. And they went through Serbia again, and many of them were, stayed in the hotel that was in, in our town. So many Christians came to our church. At that time, we had about 25 people in our church, and then like 75 more people came into our church. And we had uh, uh, both services on Romanian and Serbian. And this man is doing the remodeling the, the apartments he brought me in the big uh, building on the 28th floor. I've never been on 28th floor, you know. <laughs> he said, go, go to the balcony and, and look the, the Chicago. You will be able to see a lot, you know. All other uh, buildings are smaller, you know. And I came to the balcony, to the, uh, to the fence, you know, trembling. And I felt my, the edges of my fingers because people, actually, the, the, the cars down were like ants, the cars. I was really afraid. Oh, I, I said, Lord, is this fence enough safe? Is this going to hold me? Can you imagine how small is earth in a space? Just a drop of the dust. Just, just the dust in the space. What a blessing to know that God who created this space is much, much be- bigger than the space. And he's taking care of you and me who are dust on this earth. He's interested to know you, your, and my prayer. He can't wait to hear us how to, to pray to him. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm not going to tell everything to God because this is kind of a small thing. I, I'm not going to bother him with this. I can fix this. But he likes to hear our prayers. And especially he always hears when we repent, when we confess our sin, when we ask for forgiveness. Don't forget this. Sometimes it's hard to pray when you know that you sinned. It's hard to talk to a living God who is holy, who doesn't have, doesn't have anything with the sin, and to come to him and ask for forgiveness. But this is what he expects us to do. He knows who we are. He knows that we are dust. Nothing else. And he expects us to come and pray. 
what a privilege to speak with a living God. Some people were invited in Serbia to speak with the president. You know, Serbia is 8 million people. Chicago has more citizens than all Serbia, you know. And uh, uh, those people who were invited to speak with the president, uh, do, what do you think? Did they come with a t-shirt and the shorts and the flip-flops to speak with the president? No. They, they dressed the best they could because they are going to speak with the president. Uh, what a bigger privilege we have. Every day, every night, 24 times 7, whole year, you and I have a privilege to speak with the living God who appointed, by the way, the president you have, who is in control of everything. Can heaven be seen? If you would talk about this question with the charismatics, then you would receive all kind of crazy answers about this. Some man told me that he was uh, in the hell for 23 minutes, and then he came back and he spent like 15 minutes in the heaven. And I said, probably you need to be uh, taken care of in some mental hospital, because uh, nobody in the Bible has been in a hell and heaven except Jesus. He came from there. Can we see the heaven? No. We can see it only by faith. That's why without faith, nobody can please God. You cannot live as a Christian. You cannot live with a peace in your heart and peace between you and God if you don't have a faith. And faith is not going to be created if you see the miracle. But miracle is going to be created because you have a faith. And we know that... uh, there was a one situation where one man, Stephen, saw heaven open, and it was before he died. If you are only thirsty to see how heaven looks like, be careful, because maybe this is going to be the last thing you, you can see. You know, Stephen gave a great testimony because before he was stoned, and before he died, he saw the heaven. And you know, we are reading in the Bible that Jesus went to heaven to prepare the place for us, and then he sits from the right side of the God, the Father. In Stephen's situation, he didn't sit beside. He stood up. You know what? Why? Because he stood up to welcome Stephen. This is going to happen to you and me. Jesus is is going to stand up and welcome us personally to come to him. Because he loves us. Because we are his. Because he paid for our salvation with his own blood. Because he he put himself in the situation that his father moved his face from him when he was hanging on the cross. Because of your and my sin. That's something that we deserved. And he he did it for us so that we don't have to be on the cross. If the Lord would open our eyes we would be able to see that he rules over everything. We would then be fearless and calm whatever comes our way. So many times we are afraid, what is going to bring tomorrow? How will I fight with this sickness or financial problem? I know some people who have a cancer. How will I fight with this? Maybe the the whole family is in, in troubles now. The father got sick or mother got sick. How will this manage with this? Uh, God is 
in everything we are doing. He sees everything. He controls everything. And he promised that not to give us more than we can handle, more than we can uh, survive under. And uh, I heard a story about a small boy whose mother died, and during the funeral he was taken to the house of friends until it's over. And after the funeral he wanted to go home. So the friends brought him home, and he was looking for his mother from one room to another room. And he didn't find the mother, and then he wanted to go. Because the home was not interesting without mother. Heaven is not interesting without our Heavenly Father. If he would not be there, then, then nothing is interesting. The heaven would be just a regular place like everything else. The heaven is interesting place because God is there. It's not the pearly gates, uh, pearly gates, nor the golden street, nor the choir of angels. Heaven is attractive because Jesus, our Savior and Lord, is there. Without Jesus, the heaven is not heaven. And there is one more thing. Our family and friends are going to be in heaven. In Revelation 7, 9, we can read that there will be great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe, from every people and languages. Of course, some people, some Englishmen told me that the language in the heaven is going to be English because even God knows that Englishmen cannot learn other languages. And we have other, other opinion. Uh, Hungarians told me that uh, it's going to be Hungarian language because it's so hard and we will need all eternity to learn it. Uh, we don't know what language is going to be there, but it's going to be a new language. Every one of us will speak the same language because we are the same family. One heavenly father and all the kids belong to him. I always feel uh, very nice when I come to the States and I visit some churches where I always uh, already have been because I feel I'm in my family now. You are my family. We have the same Heavenly Father. We probably don't speak the same language. We probably could have different kind of, uh, different color of the skin or different education. I and mean, we live on the different continents, but we are a one family, family of God. And this is the only important in our lives. We are going to be together with the, our Heavenly Father. A Sunday school teacher told the kids that Jesus was buried in a borrowed grave. And one boy from the group said, it is because he needed it only for three days. And Jesus' resurrection gives us hope when somebody whom we love dies. As a, being a pastor, I, I made so many um, uh, funeral services. I even buried some uh, Muslim guy. Nobody wanted to bury him, so his parents came to me, and I did it. And I always preach the gospel on, on the funeral services. But it's uh, much easier when I uh, have to speak uh, on the funeral service where some believer died, because we know where he is. He is with the Lord on the better place. He immediately was trans transferred from one place of sorrows and, and tears to the place where everything is okay, the place that we cannot even imagine. He is there. And I heard the story about the Muslim who received Jesus and, as his Savior, and uh, many asked him why did he leave this rich culture and, and religion called uh, Islam. And he asked, uh, answered, imagine uh, that uh, you are traveling and come to the crossroad, and you have to turn left or right, and then on one side there is a dead man, 
and on the other side is a, uh, a live man, whom would you ask for direction from? Jesus is alive. We can communicate with him. Muslims don't pray. They repeat some sentences that are taught from their, their priests. Uh, but when you uh, know Jesus, your prayer is a conversation. It's not a poem. You are not repeating something like Hindus. And in India, you know, they, they repeat so many things. That's not prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. When you pray, expect God to speak to you back. Because you are not going to repeat like some, some people in Catholic Church, they repeat uh, our Father prayer, you know, all the time, all the time. And I, I, my, uh, my children asked me when they were small, why, why they are repeating this sentence, I mean, the, the, this, this prayer. Uh, should we do the same? It's nice to sometimes pray this uh, prayer, but not every day. Can you imagine uh, you as a father and your son is coming from the school and he, uh, you ask him how was in the school and he uh, recites the poem to you. And then you ask him something else and he recites the same poem again, you know. And he, you ask him something else and he recites the same poem again. Then you would start to be kind of um, uh, afraid. Maybe something happened to his head because he's repeating the same poem all the time. This is what God can think about us if we repeat some things always to him. He wants us to talk with him. And I do this very often when I drive. We, we travel all around. You don't have to close your eyes when you speak with God. You have to open your heart. That's the most important. And uh, you can pray everywhere. On your job, on your travelings, in the church, in your house, in your bathroom, in your bedroom, in the basement, everywhere. Jesus is alive. In heaven, he will open the book of life and read your name. And if you trusted the Lord, and he will welcome you in. And uh, that's why Jesus said to his disciples to rejoice because their names are written in the book of life. And my question today is, uh, is your name in the book of life? This is the most important book. I respect church books, membership books. I don't know, do you have one? But in Serbia, we have a church membership books. There is written when you were born and when you, were, when, when you trusted the Lord and when you were baptized and when you were married and when you died on the end. Uh, but this book, in compare with the book of life, is nothing. It's just a paper that is going to dis- disappear. Is your name in the book of life? This is the most important. Uh, in our, my country, in Serbia, most people have still never heard about God never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. If you know, you know the Lord, you may be able to come to Serbia, maybe not, but uh, you can pray for us. We are sharing the good news uh, between our nation that has never experienced any revival. And uh, we need really your, your uh, help in this. We are telling people that Jesus is alive. He resurrected you can talk to Jesus. He can save. Muhammad cannot save because he is dead. Jesus is alive. He still can save. I remember one story from communist time. You know, in communism, people were forced to come once per week to some big place like this. Sometimes it was even in the church, and the communist leader would come and teach them something, some communist stuff, you know. 
and nobody was able to ask any question because you could be in a prison because you asked the question and interrupted the, the teacher, you know. And then usually after several of hours, there would be a time of uh, question-answer time, you know. So there was once that uh, all village was invited in some place where the communist teacher was teaching them. And uh, uh, there was a time, uh, question and answer time, and nobody dared to ask anything, but one Orthodox priest stood up, and you know what he sh uh, cried? Christ is risen. And all the people answered, he is risen indeed. So this was a cream on the top of the um, cake. That, that's the most important. People don't know many things. But this is the, the greetings that we are using in Serbia. Christ is risen. Yes, he is risen indeed. And I saw this in the uh, songs that we uh, sang this morning. The resurrection of Christ gives us hope for heaven. And not only for us but for those that are around us. As uh, much as we are alive, our duty is to share the gospel. It's our job, it's our goal, it's the reason why we are here and not in heaven yet. God gave us many opportunities in our jobs, in our street, uh, in our families to share the gospel. God gave you many opportunities to be a part of our uh, ministry in Serbia. I'm really, really thankful for all of you that are supporting us. We really count on you every month. Uh, we are thankful for your prayers. We, we are praying for you. I was just sharing, I, I want to especially uh, thank to the person who are sending uh, all the cards for our birthdays, anniversaries, and, um, Christmas, Easter to our home. You are the only church who are doing this to us. And this is really a very important and encouraging to us. Thank you very much for this. Don't forget to pray for us. Jesus is alive. It's still a day. It's still the time when we can share the gospel with people. And you are part of our ministry. You are our partners. You cannot be with us, most of you. But even being here, you are part of this ministry and part of the reward that is going to be from the Lord to all that are serving him. Thank you very much for that. Amen.